smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. John Aravosis here today, July 14th. Bastille Day, Cliff. Let's do the Bastille. Okay. Cliff is also a big Francophile, like I am. Right. Oh, so am I. Oh, are you? Oh, are you too, Mike? Nous pouvons parler français ensemble. I, I'll okay. have to tell you about that. We, my, my wife and I love France. Do you speak French? Uh, my wife does. Oh, we could have had her on. We could have just wow. bored everybody to death with the exactly. Three of us. We could drive everybody nuts with our. <laughs> yeah, we but we've both lived over there for periods of time. Ah, and still love it, so. Oh yeah. Oh so oh yeah. And my French grammar at this point absolutely sucks, but I, I can speak fluently and get my point across in probably broken ah. grammar in food. <laughs> See that. <laughs> Yeah, see, my my wife is uh, she, she she speaks it and she's uh, she's constantly training and and hmm. and uh, and so you know what when uh, because of because of Trump being in office and me and me uh, drawing cartoons about him, uh, you know it's it's really hard you know I, I to get to get away from him. So every six months we. we <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we know. I don't think we've even told people. Who we didn't you even are tell yet. people who you are. <laughs> oh, to do that. Well, no, he was he was kind of on a good roll, and I was like, Oh, he was. I, I didn't want to interrupt. But he's okay, talking about I'm having done cartoons. People don't know that he's not just some guy drawing cartoons here and there. He's got a little bit more uh, little of a more. resume, which I'll let John get. Yeah, to. we got some cartoon guy. <clears throat> no, we found some guy in the corner. Mike Mike Lukovich is a Pulitzer twice Pulitzer Prize winning. Uh, editorial cartoonist for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Um, God, you've been there since 1989. I didn't realize you were there that long. Um, yeah, yeah, long time. I mean, I mean, honestly, that's like enough of an intro right there. Obviously, but you know, I've admired Mike's works for years. Um, you know, you've done some stuff on gay stuff that I that obviously meant a lot to me. Um, I also want to ask, were you? And I'm, of course, now I'm going to find somebody else that was really good, and you're going to go, no, not me. It's like movie stars. No, that was. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, that no, wasn't me. Were you the one who who did the uh, political cartoon that was like Somalia and the poor people starving and the soldier was giving them food and the and the refugee says, "Oh God, I hope you're not gay." That I I don't know who did that. Oh, was it you? Oh my God! It doesn't it sound like I, you. No, you you know what you know you know what you, normally what I do is when people say, "Oh, I love that cartoon you did," and it wasn't a cartoon I did, I just say, "Oh, thank you very much." Thank it's, you. It's one of my favorites. Easier, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, but it was, I was funny, Mike, reading through sort of your bio and all of that. And folks, just so you know, so we're going to talk to Mike for the hour. Um, I thought it would be, both of us thought it would be really interesting delving into, because how often do you sort of think about political cartoons and frankly, talk to a political cartoonist just to understand how the process even works, how it's changed perhaps? Yeah. Is, it, is it harder today? You know, do you have the Archie Bunker problem? Things that you could have been irreverent yeah. about 20 years ago where now all of a sudden, even though oh, you're yeah, irreverent. Right. I mean, that's a good question. Yeah. No, that's a great. Question. I mean, let's start with that one. I mean, is it is it harder today? Because I was looking at some of your old cartoons and I forgot one of them. I don't remember which I looked and I even winced a little because I was like, oh, God, people are going to think he's being yeah. the because the, <laughs> it's a caricatures. Right. Right. And, and you know, it, it, it's like uh, it's like that show. What's that show? Friends, you know, from years ago. Yep. If you watch that today, there there are certain scenes that that kind of make you cringe because you, think, yeah. you, you, you couldn't get away with that now. So I, I did a cartoon uh, probably in the last six months or a year ago, and it was uh, it was Trump and uh, Putin in bed together. 
And, oh, and, I, I, and, I think I saw that one. Go on. Well, yeah. But, but you know what? Someone after, afterwards, oh, after I had done it, someone said, hey, you know, uh, you know that's sort of a uh, – I can't remember what they said exactly, but it was, you know, sort of like a, 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 a slam against gay people. Yeah, homophobic. And I, yeah, that yeah. hadn't even – yeah, and that hadn't even entered entered into my mind. And at first, I thought, "Oh, that's you know, that's not no, that's not true." But then I thought about it a little bit more. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do two guys or two women in bed anymore because I don't want people to. Yeah. You know, so that's an example. Of you don't want them to get the wrong was, message that you're not trying yeah. to send. Right, and and but but that was something that I had you know I've done in years past. Yeah. Put a, a couple of guys in bed together. And not thought anything, not thought about it. Uh, uh, the, you, you know, know just, yeah. I mean, yeah, what's, so like, what? You know, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No, no. Go on. Go on. Finish. Yeah, and then I'll jump in. Oh yeah. So so yeah. It's just you know there are are uh, uh, societal norms that, that that you know you change and you you evolve and and uh, but you can still you can still be edgy. Yeah. Uh, you just have to uh, you just have to kind of come up with a, uh, a clever way of doing it. You know, what, well, what's, and I think like any other, yeah. I mean, I'll just jump in quickly, yeah. John. I mean, you're a writer. I'm a writer. I think it's, I mean, any other art form, we always have to worry about this kind of thing. Because obviously, yeah. if people refuse to take things in the context of when they're said, there are things I would have written that I'm sure I've written, you know, back in, in early 2000s. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that I'm I would, sure. <laughs> that I would never, I mean, hell, if we go back to those cliff corner things I used to do for your blog, John. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I used to try to push the envelope and, and whatever. Yeah. And there's, I have no doubt. Yeah. I said things that, that, that I, I would cringe at today. It's just, it's the nature of, of doing anything well, where you're. I mean, you it's know. funny you said yeah. that because I wasn't even thinking on that angle in many ways. Well, first of all, your work is comedy. It's satirical comedy. So it is comedy, actually. Yeah. Much of it, not all of right. it. You know, you had right. mentioned after September 11th, you had to kind of watch the comedy angle, obviously. You know, but yeah. you were jumping in to say something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I, if I can do a cartoon and make a point and have it be humorous, I feel like that's the best, uh, the best. Uh, uh, mix for me uh, because you know people people love humor I had a guy uh, email me yesterday or the day before and said you know I don't agree with anything you say but man I really appreciate that you're the cartoonist here in Atlanta I look I look forward to your cartoons every day and I, I said you know so huh. I emailed him back I said man you're a you're a good man for for doing that because you know we've uh, America has gotten away uh from uh, appreciating different hmm. points of view. And this guy was like, you know, I, I get your humor. I like it. And so I thought hmm. that was really great. What, I mean, what do you guys have to do in terms of Cliff and I were talking about this before the show and I wasn't quite sure our edit, let's say editorial cartoonist at normal papers, not at goofy places like the Washington times or the New York post. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but at a normal, yeah. in other words, actual newspapers. Yeah, I mean, uh, an actual newspaper, not, not propaganda rags. But, but, but right, yes, yeah. I mean, a, a paper that actually does believe in in really striving to be. I mean, New York Times. We criticize the Times, but the Times, the Times does strive to be objective, so to speak, even though they fail right. a lot. Um, right. Are you are you akin as a as a political cartoonist akin to, um, for example, they have Greg. Uh, our friend Greg. Oh my God, I'm forgetting Greg's last name, Cliff. Sergeant. But I mean, even sim more simply, like I don't do it as often as you do. I write columns what? for the Daily Beast. I have to base it on what? fact when I write them. But yeah. but 
I have an opinion and they well, know no, I but, do coming Okay, in. but let me let me put my finer yeah. point on this. But my point is that Cliff is probably hired as a liberal to write on the Daily Beast. Our friend Greg at the Washington Post absolutely is he is the liberal opinion uh writer. Jennifer Rubin is right. the conservative opinion writer. Are you allowed yeah. to be liberal or conservative or is there an oh, expectation oh, sure. of some objectivity in what you do? No, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I am a liberal and, uh, Oh, I didn't know you could do that as a yeah cartoonist. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I have, I have opinions and what, you know, as, uh, society became more and more polarized and, and with the rise of the internet, uh, uh, newspapers didn't want to lose their readers. So probably 10 or 15 years ago, they started uh, – they've got my cartoon on the editorial page, and then right below me is a, a cartoon from the uh, right-wing cartoonist. And, okay. And right. so, so – so, and that's great with me because I can do whatever I want and not feel any kind of pressure to, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to be uh, a, a, a non uh, – to, to not have an opinion. I can have yeah. a strong opinion. Because I know that the, the there's a right wing cartoonist. That's, no, that that's actually, I would think that makes it a lot easier because now you're not sitting here and going, "Oh God, how many cartoons have I done criticizing Democrats? I better or Republicans? I better criticize yeah. the Democrat." You know, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and, yeah. No, I mean it's cool that you you know I, I, my my interest in that also was sort of in the context of more recent history. You know, with newspapers, and I've been very critical of them becoming ridiculously. You know, I mean, well, I'm not the only one. A lot of people have nonpartisan to the point of 50 percent, you know, both sides. And if 50 percent of these oh, yeah. guys are right, 50 percent of the other side is right. So that they actually fail at their purpose in a democracy, which is to provide context for people. You know, if Donald right. Trump is wrong, ninety nine point eight percent of the time, tell people those ninety nine point eight percent of the times that he's wrong. Because I don't give a right. damn if he's a Republican or Democrat and do the same thing in the other direction, because we need to right. know. Who's screwing up? Who's doing a good job? Who's corrupt? Who's not? You know, these, and yeah. when you throw it in the lens under politics, and, and I'll just add to that, you know, the reason why I've been interested in that is because historically, my background's in history. I'm one of those ABD people. And, you know, cartoons, you know, which maybe you know the history of Mike, I bet you do being a yeah. smart guy, like they've played such an important role in, in sort of political communication in, in right. our history because, in, you know, in the deep past, think about revolutionary times. A lot of people were not were, were illiterate. They couldn't read, yeah. so they couldn't. Yeah. They'd sit down with a newspaper. They couldn't read the articles, but they would see the cartoon and they get it. Um, and so yeah. the the role that you play is so important. And and so I know that they, that you used to be able to have free reign, but I didn't know if that was sort of, for lack of a better word, reined in in more recent years yeah. as newspapers have become so you know bland and we can't let our articles call people out. Blah blah blah. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Well, it's interesting because uh, after uh, after the coronavirus uh, started, uh, the opinion pages uh, in my paper they became less uh, uh, less about politics, and and there were more uh, uh, columns from you know people in the community, uh, healthcare workers, uh, people suffering from coronavirus, uh, and so. Uh, my paper, uh, the editor had written a, a letter and said, this is what we're going to do with, with the opinion pages uh, during this time. And so people started uh, emailing uh, and calling the paper and saying, well, why isn't Lekovich doing that? Why isn't he, why is he still being uh, political? 
And, uh, and so I started to feel a little bit of pressure, although, although they were letting me do what I wanted to, but I could just, it just felt a little uncomfortable. But as, as time has gone on and Trump has so screwed things up, uh, I don't feel that, uh, need to, oh, you know, let's all, let's all, uh, be friends and, and, and not comment on what's actually happening. Well, it's, it's, it's the nature of your work yeah, anyway. So, uh, I mean, yeah. 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 Right. And people, you know, when I, I did a, I, I've got a book out, it came out about a year ago, but it's called, uh, let me think, uh, a stable, uh, stable genius, very stable genius. And, uh, it's a book of Trump cartoons and, and we have a big, uh, a book festival, uh, here in the Atlanta area. It's called the Decatur book festival. And so I went to that thing and, and, uh, I saw all these people, coming in and I was thinking, man, what the hell is going on over there? Uh, it turned out they were coming to see, uh, to see me and, and to talk and to hear me talk about my book. And they were like, they were, they were like, they love me. I mean, usually I get letters or emails from people who, who hate me. And, and this was like, people were just so, uh, so happy to be there and he hear what I had to say. So there really is a, uh, contingent in, in the Atlanta area that really look forward to, to what I have to say. And my paper realizes that I think so. So I feel, I feel, I feel good about that. You know, it's one of the cartoons that, I mean, I was Googling sort of, you know, your Wikipedia page, which is never, which is always a scary thing. Um, (laughs) But well, no, because people like to use Wikipedia pages to just get even with people. And, and it's interesting. They mentioned two, well, they mentioned two controversial cartoons. One I agree is controversial, but it's fabulous. The second one, to be honest, I think you've got Russian trolls invading your Wikipedia page. The first one oh. was Michael Jackson dies, and oh, yeah, the yeah. next the next day you do a cartoon, a very open airy cartoon that shows the devil in the bottom left holding a newspaper that yeah. says Michael R.I.P. Rest in peace. And in the top right, there's you know God or Gabriel in heaven with wings yeah. and a beard, probably God. And the yeah. devil looks at God and goes, "Shall we flip a coin?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, but. No, again, the day after his death. Okay, sure, right? People don't like to don't like to sort of criticize these guys after their death. But but having said that, it you know because of the the, it still to this day encapsulates the Michael Jackson thing. What do you do, especially in like the Me Too era? What do you do with a guy who was one of the most brilliant entertainers of all time and had a personal life that was a little creepy? And I'd say little creepy is probably being mild. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, we don't fully know. It, it could actually be creepier than we, you know, like I don't think we've ever necessarily gotten the full story the on, yeah. on how creepy uh, it yeah. was, and and you know, yeah, it could go anywhere from oh, being yeah. somewhat creepy to being despicable and disgusting and criminal. Yeah. And I, you know, well, well, right. I mean, uh, what was the uh, documentary that was on a year or two ago? Oh, with Neverland, like something, two, something like that, where there were like the two. Two of the guys, two of the young men that he had abused, were now grown and had families, but they were recounting what they had gone through, and uh, and it's you know so it's tough because Michael Jackson is my favorite entertainer hmm. of all time. I love his music, and it, so it's like you know it's hard to uh, uh, hmm. not think about you know his private life when it when it hurts so many people. Yeah. So, and and uh, it's a, and it's kind of a major point that at least I I think and Cliff raised lately, but I think a lot of people aren't as sympathetic to, which is that 
boy, everybody's very, we learned this in law school. Our professor gave us a big lecture on sort of the public life versus the private life. And now for most oh, yeah. of us, our, our private life was not something we'd want people to see, but our public life could actually be quite exalted and we could make a difference in the world. But oh, once, yeah. you, once you find out the private, you're not going to like me. In, in this age, right? you've been finding out more and more, not uh, of, yeah. of the private life of current uh, folks, of past folks. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, oh, it's yeah. hard to have a hero. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I grew up loving, uh, grew, as I think I told you, I grew up in New York City and my dad grew up in the Bronx mm. and I grew up loving Mickey Mantle. And I still oh, yeah. oh, was he do. problematic too? Uh, I mean, he was a, a, a very drunk, very often, you know, treated his kids horribly, cheated on his wife regularly. You know, I don't yeah. know that he committed any crimes or anything, but he was he, he was this yeah. charismatic figure who who was was this terrifically nice guy that everybody, you know, out there in the stands and loved signing autographs. But to the people around him, he was not, you know, he he was selfish and terrible. And you just sit there and you're and like and you try to separate you know the two because yeah. I love the guy, you know, uh, in any case, go ahead. Yeah, Mike, why don't you so, jump in, and then I'm going to do a quick ad once you're done. Okay. Well, I was just going to tell uh, tell you all a quick story about uh, Joe DiMaggio. Um, oh, God, another was, one. Oh, yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> you're going to ruin no, another one. What he did, frankly, was worse than Mantle, sorry, and I'll let Mike oh, tell was it. He? Okay. No, see, so I was, uh, I, I was living in Seattle. I grew up in Seattle, and my friend and I, we were in my uh, brown Ford Pinto, driving around Seattle, downtown Seattle one night. It was late. It was probably around 11 o'clock. And so I'm driving, and I see this silver-haired guy, and I say to my friend Rick, I say, I think that's Joe DiMaggio. So I said, okay, I'm going to pull over, and then and, and I'm going to get out, and I'm going to get his autograph. So, so I get out of the car, and I'm running towards him, and I realize I don't have a pen. So I, I, so I see this group of women – this is all true. I see this group of women, I uh, like two or three of them together, and I, I say, "Hey, listen, uh, do one of you have a pen I could use?" And the woman says, "Well, ten for ten bucks, you, I, I'll give you a pen." They were they were some they were some prostitutes, so I didn't have ten bucks. So I went to a Leb- <laughs> this is true, and I went so I ran to a Lebanese restaurant and I said, "Hey, hey, there's Joe DiMaggio's down the street. Can I have a pen?" So they gave me a pen and a, right. pa- a piece of paper, and I ran up to him. And it was, you know, it was late at night, you know, it was 11 o'clock or 1130. And, and so, and he's walking with another guy. And so I run up behind him and I'm, you know, a kid and a college kid. And I tap him on the shoulder. And I say, Hey, Joe, and I, can I have your autograph? And he turns around and says, God damn you, you scared the hell out of me. You stupid ass. And, uh, but he did give me an autograph. So, uh, <laughs> he did. Well, he was known for being somebody who, you know, was nasty to everybody. Like nobody liked him. Oh, you know? I didn't. I you know I didn't know that. You know I just I I just watched you know the Mister Coffee ads and I oh, thought, yeah, right. sure that's right. Yeah, going to be a great guy, and he was so pissed at me. Well, he apparently. He I, I don't want to bore John here because John's not a big uh, sports guy, and I know John's going to do the ad in a second. But I'll say he was sort of infamous for the fact that when Mickey Mantle arrived to the team and DiMaggio was getting up there, he purposely wouldn't talk to him said nasty things about him, all this, you know, it's kind of like what Trump's doing with Fauci, because anybody who is a, is a, I'm not saying DiMaggio is as bad as Trump, nobody's as bad as Trump, but the point is, DiMaggio had such an image of himself that no one could challenge him, and anybody that was challenging him for greatness, he had to put down, not to mention the stories about him uh, physically abusing Marilyn Monroe and other people, yes, he was Ah, apparently an an awful, I know, 
I know. Uh, All right. Don't meet your heroes, folks. Don't meet your heroes. Got to do a quick ad, boys. So a quick break from one of our sponsors. We all know that the Clean Phone Pro with its powerful UV lights kills bacteria and viruses that live on your cell phone, car, and house keys, credit cards, earbuds, face masks, and more. Boy, they're expanding here. Uh, But what happens when you're driving to the store? You reach for your face mask and realize you wore it yesterday. Now you can, this is interesting, now you can sanitize that mask in under five minutes in your car because the Clean Phone Pro now ships with a powerful car plug adapter included in the package. I'll give them credit for this, Cliff. (laughs) They're thinking ahead. So whether you're keeping safe at home or have to go out, you can have the benefits of the Clean Phone Pro with you and sanitize those constantly touched items anywhere, at home, in the car, at the office. Get the Clean Phone Pro now with a car plug adapter. Add the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout and you'll get free two-day shipping. That's sexy liberal one word only you can defend yourself and your family from bacteria and virus get the new clean phone pro package get kn95 face masks uh for extra and get free two-day shipping by adding the code sexy liberal actually i don't even know maybe you do, they do get some free masks i don't know you have to check it out go to the new deal that's the new deal that was a quick one usually they're much longer mike well Jeez, I, you know what i'm writing i'm writing that uh honestly that, uh, We've been that, pretty good that, ads. Like I keep hearing and go, like, wait, wait till Cliff gets to Plexiderm later. You're going to be I mean, seriously, you'll oh, just be yeah. like, I want to be the be belle so of the ball. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be getting all ready to get, you know, get, get yourself gussied up. And I'm just Oh kidding. man. No, I love that. I was thinking, geez, I need that. I'm going to, I'm going to Well, like I said, just wait. Are we, are we no longer doing Omaha steaks? Uh, not right now. We're not. I, I think it's Ooh. as long as they, although once I eat more of my almost Omaha steak package, I will still be giving feedback because <laughs> they, they deserve it. We did those ads for a while. And every time we would do them, Mike, we would just get hungry during the, uh, Oh God, they have some kind of bacon that the, the, the way they wrote it is like sex. Wow. You're just going, Oh my God. Oh. Seriously, it's like oh. John was reading. John was like oh. basically reading a romance novel. Is what he no, was. No, I mean it it's like it's. Yeah, it was the guy with the long with the, blonde hair that used to be on all the covers. Oh, that I was like, oh exactly. yeah, yeah. What was that guy's name? Oh, Fabio. Fabio. Fabio, there you Fabio. go. He's a yeah. Trump supporter, by the way. So you know, oh, God, is he? You know, yeah. I, why am I not surprised? I know. Oh yeah. Every so, sort of outcast. Okay. Like, go ahead. Sorry, Mike. Oh, so I was at I was at a Lowe's last night, and uh, and. Uh, you know, getting some grass seed and stuff. And, and there's this, this white guy, older white guy, and he's wearing a frigging Trump hat. And I'm thinking, you know, we've got, we've got 135,000 people dead now because of this monster's uh, incompetence. And this guy is effing wearing a, a Trump hat. And, you know, I, you know, I didn't say anything to the guy, but I had going through my mind, I shouldn't have been thinking about this, but I kept thinking, hmm. I would just, just love to kick his ass. You know that? It was just like... I don't blame you. you know, I, I've oh, had there's somebody it's, walking through my neighborhood the other day with one. I live in a very, you know, it's you would have called it center-left in the past, uh, but it's yeah. exactly the kind of neighborhood where even the people that used to be moderate Republicans have all just swung away, a lot of mask wearing and that kind of stuff. And there's a guy walking through yeah. with his MAGA hat. And I almost feel like that's a declaration of war at this point. It's like wearing a, a, a Klan hood. You know what I mean? Like you're basically saying yeah. I'm a racist asshole and I'm purposely wearing yeah. this to be in your face. Like it, it's that kind of a symbol, you know? No, it's true. I I, I have a red uh, hat that says make Obama president again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but you that's know what? Good. I started wearing it, but then I stopped wearing it because I thought, you know, people seeing me from a distance – Oh They're yeah, think I'm a, an asshole, and so I just yeah. like to quit wearing it. But uh, yeah, he's destroyed uh, the color red, basically. Yeah. Oh God, I'm, 
I'm telling you. I, I had made a T-shirt and a hat that said uh, uh, Trump Putin 2020. And the number of people who came up to me and said, oh, my God, they could, I was so pissed at you. And then I got close and I went, oh, oh yeah. really funny. But I stopped wearing it because I was getting uncomfortable that people were seeing me with a red hat on. No, yeah. see, that's exactly it. Was, it exactly just, yeah. They just see the hat and not what's written on it. That's the problem is he's, yeah. again, like he's debranded the color red. Metaphor it, for yeah, the oh, ages. Oh, and here's another interesting thing. And mm. this is sort of cool today that we're talking because um, so I did a cartoon uh Two or three months ago, oh. it was after Biden. After Biden right. won uh, uh, the uh, what is that? The, the major uh, the nomination? That? No, it was uh, South Carolina, oh, South Carolina, Carolina, Carolina or Super yeah. Tuesday. One of those. Super Tuesday, Super Tuesday, okay. Super Tuesday. <clears throat> so, so he won Super Tuesday, and then I went to bed and I woke up around three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, Biden, Biden, and and then I thought, by dawn, uh, 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 by dawn. So. So uh, I thought, oh, crap. So I, I woke <laughs> up uh, early the next morning, I, uh, I, and I normally don't start to work until noon, but I, I was drawing by 930. Yeah, you're like Trump. The draw- yeah, so, yeah, yeah, right. I, instead of tweeting, I'm drawing. So I, so I, drew, out, I drew out this, I drew out this uh, bumper sticker that says, by Don, B-Y-E-D-O-N, uh, uh, 2020 or something. And and I and I did the cartoon. And the reason why I did it so quickly is because I thought, oh, someone else is going to come up with this. So I drew it out, and it ran it ran in, in the in the newspaper and online. And then uh, and then a group of people, uh, a, a group uh, contacted me and said, hey, we want to do, we want to make uh, 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 bumper stickers and yard signs and magnets and all this kind of stuff. And I said, oh, that would be great. So. So they, they've got it. They're doing it now. It's it's at uh, bydon dot store where you can get this stuff. Yeah, they've and, been actually uh, they've been amazing. It's been it's really cool, oh, and people have been liking I it, know. which is nice. Yeah, I know, I know. And, <clears throat> and today there's a, an ad by I think it's called the Midas Group, and it's oh an they're ad good. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and Don Junior is actually oh yeah the new one talking, yeah yeah he's talking about Biden, but it but but they interpose his voice. And with scenes of his stupid father, right? Because like, everything he says is actually father. true about his dad, not Biden. That's, right, uh, that's right. And so the, the hashtag on it is Biden Junior. And so I just so it's now that's trending on Twitter, <laughs> and so that's kind of cool. Cliff, let's just cool. do let's just do our second ad right now, really quick, Cliff. Because we I'll do it, and then I've got a question I want to yeah. ask. Uh, Mike, Perfect. but let's do our ad, folks. Yeah, because we've got to so we've got to squeeze them in at the beginning, Mike. It's kind of the way it Black works. Blacksiderm, so. guys. See, Mike knows what's going on. Hey, like Mike said, you know what we all hate, guys. <laughs> we hate when when the media pops up with a summer vacation pic from five years ago. Great memories, but ugh. It's like when did these wrinkles and bags around my eyes start to show up? Delete. Ah, yeah. Not this summer, my friends. No more pop up pics of me with deep wrinkles, fine lines, and bags under my eyes. And no, I didn't get surgery. I got Plexiderm. Folks, Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags, all in the comfort of your own home in minutes. It goes on clear, lasts for hours, so nobody will know your secret. Uh, go to Plexiderm, get Plexiderm, and love how you look and feel this summer in the mirror and in photos. Go to tryplexiderm.com and use the code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. Or try the $14.95 trial pack today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention the code VOICES. Again, 
Tryplexiderm.com and use voices for half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off. Or try the $14.95 trial pack when you use the code voices and you call 800-685-1292. Plexiderm, folks. Thank you. See, they, they should be sending us samples of that stuff, Cliff. They really should. We're going to get it. We're going to talk to you know advertising folks. You know what? I, I bet. I wonder if it would work for Trump. You know, Trump has that thing on his neck. You'd need like a... Uh, it, it swimming like a, pool like a big vat of oil but a big like the thing the joker <laughs> fell into yeah. and, uh, just dump throw him yeah. in it <laughs> have, you, um, have you seen that though i mean that's really scary oh that uh, that picture uh, from below where he looks like he's wearing a trump like a trump face suit oh i well, didn't see this one like, what's the well you've well, seen that one john actually describe actually, it you know, you know who, uh rick wilson uh the uh one of the uh Winter yeah, project guys. He he posted a picture of Trump wearing his mask, but then but then underneath where his neck is, you see this crease. That's, oh, it's really uh, uh, shocking and unattractive. Yeah, I'm, John. What I'm going to do right now is I've got it on my computer here. I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to text it to you because you okay. have to see it to understand how exactly awful. I've never. I mean, do you remember the movie Men in Black, where like the yeah. the where the the uh, bug puts on a human suit yeah yeah, yeah. that's the way this looks it looks oh. like tr- somebody has put like a bug has put on a human trump suit right, it's honestly it okay i'm gonna text it to you text right it to now because you, you no, literally creep okay he's ready. gonna need the, he's gonna need the gallon jug of plexiderm okay here it comes i know this is this is like the plexiderm. two women one cup thip challenge or whatever here all right here it comes. I see dot 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 waiting to come by DM by Twitter not by Twitter by. And this is real, message. by the way. This is not fake. Oh, oh, yeah! I just saw it. I just I I mean everything else was so bad. I was looking up. I didn't even see the neck. The neck. Uh, the I mean, neck. Look at that thing. The neck. That doesn't look like it. That's an actual yeah. human. It looks like a sharpe. A very evil sharpe. <laughs> That, look at that hair. Like, hey, by the way, his hair, his hair is a freaking disaster now. He again, I was watching him yesterday at whatever thing he was doing at the White House, where his hair was per- something happened. I honestly think like the gays finally got smart and said, We're not doing your hair. Because his his <laughs> hair was always his hair was always perfect till he got to the White House. Now it's a dis- that picture clip, it's a disaster every I'd go, day. I wouldn't say perfect. I would go so far as to say as good as it can be when you've got that massive twisted, you know, uh what did uh Pen of Mark Penn of Penn and Teller, what's his name? Call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he called it uh, piss cotton, piss colored cotton candy. I mean, (laughs) it was not an attractive dude. You're right. Compared to now, when it's in all directions, but but you know what? It almost it's almost like he's uh, you know he's deteriorating, deteriorating. Yeah. Uh, Not only he's melting. Yeah, yeah. No, but you can see it in his face. I, I see it in his eyes. I mean, when he's talking. Yeah. I can see the the insanity, and yeah. he really seems to me to be uh, just. Uh, I, I don't see how he's going to be the the, yeah. the Republican candidate. I just I think he's losing it to to such a degree. Well, how do you, I mean, yesterday, yeah. yesterday he was talking about uh, he was talking about uh, uh, Obama and Biden how how they stopped testing right in the middle. Yeah. You know, there was no coronavirus during Trump or uh, yeah. during Biden, Obama. I mean, he's he's nuts. It's like, yeah. oh my God, it's just no. He's that's I mean, why yeah. Go on. That's why it's tough being a cartoonist with him because he's like oh. uh, the crazy guy at the end of the bar. He won't shut up, and it's always the same. You know, he says different things, but it's all of sort of the same piece, and it's sort of 
uh, a lot of stuff he says, I just don't even comment on it because it's just nonsense. To hear the rest of this episode, become a premium subscriber to the Unprecedented Podcast by going to patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast. And with a $5 a month or more subscription, you not only support the show, but you get access to this episode and all of our premium episodes, including all of our great guests. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support.